0: Oh man, it's been a hot second since I I had this mic in my hand. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. I hope everything in your world is going so well and that you are having a wonderful, wonderful week Um, for my fellow teachers. Most of us are off. Um. Yeah, guys, it's been a hot second. Um, and if you follow the newsletter, I'm, I go into a little bit more detail in it today. Um, but I just wanted to thank you. If you are listening right now, if you're still hanging out, um, and hopefully that seeing this notification maybe added a little bit of light to your day. Um, I am hoping to get back into a bit more of the normal routine. Um, at twenty something trial. so hopefully this. Will be the start of um, more consistent content. Uh, This season of my life has been um, very unexpected and it's been um, full of transitions that I did not necessarily foresee happening, as you know, unexpected literally means that. Um, And so I needed to just really take um, some time to focus on myself, focus on my mental health, and just really pour into me and and just me. And um, so the podcast had to take a little bit of a step back. Um, and so I'm happy though to, to be back in, in the best way that I can be right now. And so I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Um, I loved sitting down with Nikki and talking to her and learning from her and hearing her wisdom and her personality just shines. And she is so much fun and she's so radiant. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this week's guest. So... I still want to plug all the things, right? Like go follow along on Instagram, um, write a review, leave a rating. I'm currently not on social media right now, but I do plan to get back on um, here soon. So until then, you know, just hit follow and just wait and see what happens. So thank you again for those of you who are still listening and hanging out. Um, Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Welcome to the 20-something Trials Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Denicio, and this is the show dedicated to navigating your 20s. Each week, you'll hear from a guest who has walked through an array of trials, triumphs, and more. My goal is to bring you tangible tips to help you grow into the woman you are destined to become. I started this podcast to connect with others, have real conversation about womanhood and career and life, and learn from the incredible, groundbreaking people who I admire, and I know you will too. There is so much truth to be learned from our trials and in those of others. So together, let's explore all of the things that make us who we are and grow into the women we are meant to be together. Without any titles, who are you? Who is Nikki?
1: So, Nikki is a 30 something, okay? (laughs) Nikki is a 30 something, finally getting a grasp on doing what she wants to do with her life. Mm. Yeah. That's all
0: we need to know. That's the end of the episode, guys. No, that's awesome. It's hard, right? Like, I am 23, and I think every other day I'm like, Am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm meant to be doing? Is it okay to change paths? Um, so, my question now to you is like, when you were post grad, you know, when you think back to that version of you, so let's say 22, where you are now, is that where you thought you'd be? Honestly, yes. The okay. life that I lived when
1: I was like post grad was not what I liked. Um, mm-hmm. I got inter- I was dating the same person for a long time. We got married. I first started working out at a publishing company. And then from there, I worked for the government. And I was like, this job is for the birds, man. Like, this shit sucks. I did not graduate college just to, you know, be everybody else. Yeah. So um, weirdly enough, you know, after divorce and everything, I right now feel like I am living the life that I've always wanted.
0: Oh, I love that. And I'm sure it comes from, you know, there, from getting divorced and then switching careers. I imagine that that wasn't a sunshine and rainbow time in your life. No. Nope. Um, so how old were you when you got married? I got married at
1: 26, but we had been together since I was 18. Okay. And um, I was divorced at 29 and that's when I packed up all my bags and I headed up to New York City. So
0: where where, where did you graduate from? Where did you live up until packing your bags and and piecing out?
1: Yeah. So I lived in where I am, like where my family and everybody's from. It's Northern Virginia. So everybody's like, is that West Virginia? And you're like, no, like we judge them just as much as you do. (laughs) Like the most Northern tip of Virginia. So like from here to DC is a car ride. It's like 20. Um, So I went to school at George Mason university, go Pat. Um, And it's a commuter school. So everybody like, basically works i i work throughout college but um it's a great school i loved it and i really didn't know what i wanted to do so i majored in something super bland and boring which is just calm and pr i I knew you were gonna say calm (laughs) nobody who know like what the hell i'm like i don't want to be a lawyer but like i have so many different things so calm was just kind of like broad Mm -hmm. yeah and then from there, I met somebody. Because here, it's like, if you don't work for a nonprofit, you work for the government. Okay. And I met somebody that was like, hey, do you want to be an intern? And I was like, okay. And then before you knew it, I've been there for six years. And I went into like a full-time role. And I was making big girl money. Had like a 401k and all that shit. So um, it just escalated so quickly. But I, was, I dreaded Sundays because I knew Monday was another day I had to go back to work. So... Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very mine. It's just very draining to just not be living in your purpose.
0: Yes. And so did you realize that immediately or was it as you got further into the role where you were like, this sucks?
1: Honestly, like postgraduate, I worked at a publishing company that I was only making like 30 K.
0: And
1: then I got this internship where I was making 40 K and a clearance. And I was like, what? Like, this is so crazy. So I got caught up in that. And then my first job, I was making like almost the same amount of money that my parents were making about to Mm -hmm. retire. So Uh it got to a place where I was so in love with the money that before you knew it, you're like, Oh shit. Like. I signed my soul to the devil like now you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle and a certain way of things that um you know it just makes it harder for you to move about.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I had a very brief encounter with these feelings in an internship and I just remember I've told this story in the podcast before but going to the internship and calling my boyfriend and crying cuz I didn't want to go inside cuz it was just like Yep, I don't like this. I don't want to sit in a cubicle. I don't want to not talk to anybody all day. So, you know, I think though the feelings suck, it's one of those things that a lot of us experience because when you graduate, you don't know who the hell you are. You don't know what you're doing. And, you know, I think, like you said, it's so easy. You have a 401k, you've got big girl money now. So it's like, this is what I was supposed to do. This is what everybody told me I was supposed to do. But then you do the opposite and you make a total change. So, What was it like quitting that? I mean, you've really gave up or left a part of your life and started over. What was that like?
1: Well, okay. So I always dabbled because I'm just such a creative type of person Mm -hmm. that I was like, even when I was working my nine to five, I was going home at like 12 o'clock at night from waiting up to do stand up and do my set. And I did plays and I did TV shows. Um, And that was like, I had no PTO, which is like paid time off because anything got some time. I was like, I'm out. I'm going on audition. I'm out. Like Mm -hmm. I just didn't care. Um, But I started to notice, I mean, I've always kind of known, but I started to notice that like, it was like a physical response. I felt like I started to gain a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was so unhappy with just like my life. And I didn't have anything to really look forward to that literally one day. Um, and I will tell you too, you know, getting married is a big sacrifice. And I think people are like, duh, bitch. But like, for real, <laughs> like, like, I was not ready because I was with the same person since I was 18. So I was like, oh, you know, what he says is how he feels. And like, you know, but um, it it really hit me really hard when um, I, we had a plan to go to New York. And he was like, I'm not going. And I was like, no, like, you know, he was doing well in his career. And I just was not. And I think I sucked it up for a good three years where I was like, okay, like I'm in a relationship now. And you know, he matters just as much as I do and things like that. But once I dropped the dead weight, it was time to roll. So what it was, and we got a divorce and I made the like decision. I set a specific date. I got another job. So I was working a nine to five and I was also working at uh, DC Improv, which is a comedy club. And I was like hustling my ass. Mm -hmm. I really was. So I set the deadline and I was like, Nick, this is it. Like, this is probably the scariest thing you'll ever have to do. But I was, I had nothing else that, you know, at a certain point you got to take that jump because if not, then like you have no reason to not, Mm -hmm. you know? Ah. so. Saved up enough money to be comfortable. And I was like, all right, let's roll. Yeah. And you did
0: it. I did it. Yeah. So coming to New York, are you living by yourself? Do you have roommates? Kind of set the scene for us.
1: So I saved up about 25 G's because I'm just, I always tell people. Nice. Okay. I do shit correctly. (laughs) So what I did was I saved up enough money because especially me being like almost 30 at the time, I'm like, I'm not going to have roommates. I'm not going to do all that shit. So I got a really cute one bedroom. It was me and my dog. And, um, when I first got there, it was definitely not what I thought it was. I think we all like to romanticize the idea that New York city is going to be like sex in the city. And Oh my gosh. And hell no, it was not like that. It's, it's really a hard place to live. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, and it gets easier with becoming more shitty of a person because that's how everybody is there. But in the best way possible, um, it kind of makes you a little bit more gritty and may, makes you a little bit more strategic with how you kind of move. Yeah. So I got there for a one bedroom and, you know, I came from the government. So I'm like, oh, anybody would hire me. <laughs> uh, no, um, it took me about four months to even find like a server job. And that was from wow. a girl that at a class at UCB which is upright citizens brigade. Um I met her, she was super dope. Shout out Heidi. And she got me into like this small restaurant that literally the shifts were not that great, but it was something. So mm-hmm. I started Yeah, and then just over time, that's how you get jobs there. It's like especially serving jobs, it's like you know somebody or mm-hmm. that's kind of the easiest way to go in. So it was about 4 months before I started working and then you know my life just became working and paying bills, which was funny because I just left that, but now I'm working in the most expensive city of the world, paying bills and like not having that big girl money.
0: Yes, but you have your soul back, I imagine, which yeah exactly good place I, to pay
1: exactly, but it did teach me a lot of things as well I mean um. The lifestyle is very hard. I left my entire tribe, all my friends, all my family here. And I had friends in New York, but one thing about New York City is it's a very, like, recluse city. Like, everybody has their friends, they're in their cliques, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And even your friends are like, mm, You live in Queens? Bitch, I'll see you next week or next month because. Mm-hmm. Like commuting and just traveling, it's a lot. So for the most part, a lot of people, especially like people that I know that I'm good friends with, um, they're more to themselves often than not. It's not a super social, social place, unless you got big bread and you could just go out and do pitches of mimosas every weekend, but I'm the one serving them to you. So there's kind of a difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So now- When you, had, when you originally moved, did you have this idea of, I'm, I want to go into comedy, I want to go into writing full time, or did you just come with an open mind of whatever happens is going to happen?
1: No, I had a mission. I was like, if I come here and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, I'm just going to be floundering. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too, you'll notice a lot of people in New York City, you either have the people that are like, I'm going to be a star, or you have the other people that are like, well, I had nothing better to do, so I'd rather do it in New York. It's like two different types of people. And for me, I was like, nope, I'm going to come up here. I'm going to do writing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, For me, I wanted to do more comedy-based writing and do like more stand-up and like sketch comedy shows, things like that. Um, But I also learned too that that takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of time, which is understandable. But because I came up there by myself, because I was working for my bills, that's where kind of the... Um, the realistic perspective came in, right? Like I was working, I at one point had two jobs and I was working like 12 hour days. Mm. So it's like, I didn't necessarily have enough time to do that, to pay my bills and then to also take a $600 sketch comedy class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot and it's a lot too, if you're not um, you know, New York City houses some of the most billionaires in the world. There's a lot of money up there. There's a lot of privilege. And those are the people who really get those opportunities. Yeah. But, um, you know, not, not saying woe is me or nothing like that. Like, this was my plan. And, you know, but um, I started to notice that I had to spend a lot more time on my bills mm-hmm. and whatnot instead of focusing on, like, yo, I'm going to come up here and go to every show, do everything. It's really about networking and meeting people. Um, And that's hard to do when you're at Trader Joe's ringing up, you know, goat cheese.
0: Yeah. Now, I I like the realistic perspective that you bring because I think many people, especially, you know, early 20s or even post-grad, we all have this idea of New York, which has totally been glamorized by the media. Um, To hear your perspective, I think, brings a lot of just realism into what it is, too, make a big move and also make a big move in a city that is notoriously known for how expensive it is. Right. And so, you know, I like that you also say, I saved up money. Like I didn't just say, peace out. I'm going here. You had a a plan, as much of a plan as you could have had in that moment. Um, And I think sometimes that's enough, but so for somebody who wants to make a jump, whether it is to New York city or whether it's to Arkansas, anyone, anyone who's just wanting to switch things up. What's some advice that you have in terms of just moving to a place that you are not familiar with? Okay. So
1: always have money, like be, be smart, at least have like two months rent so you can yes. figure it out. Also to have a goal. Um, even if your goal is to like, I want to live in Arkansas, I want to live in Philly, like have a goal, uh, as to like, if you want to get a job, if you want to be a painter, like what do you see as your final goal as to the reason why you're going? Because mm-hmm. if you explore those ideas, you might not even want to go to Arkansas. You might want to just stay at home and get like a a, a canvas and some paint. Right. So you know, sometimes you have to really think de- like down deep and think about why we're doing these things. Are we just reacting because we're bored of where we are? Or is it an actual reason why we want to go to that specific place? Yeah. Uh, Definitely have a goal, save up money. And then also too, don't be afraid to explore. Like when I first moved to Brooklyn, I literally would just walk around. Mm -hmm. I would just go down random streets, like everything like that. And I will tell you, I was so intimidated. I remember the first day I had to ride on the subway. Even though my family's from New York, like I'm not from New York. So, you know, it was a new experience for me. So even just getting on the trains, I was like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing? What if I get lost? Blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, all these things kind of form me who I am today. And now I'm like, okay, what's next? Yeah. You know, um, I don't look at New York City as a fail. I look at it as just a transition. Like, I transitioned and, you know, it was the birthplace of Girl Tell Me. So it's like just kind of going forward and learning that the dreams that I want and I see for myself are not necessarily in New York. Yeah. Uh, they're really everywhere. They're me, it's, who, it's what I create.
0: So let's talk about Girl, Tell Me. Where did this come from? Even back up further of where did your love for writing originate from? Kind of talk us through this whole journey into Girl, Tell Me.
1: Okay, so I used to fucking hate writing. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated writing. In college, I hated it. So it's kind of funny. So I, I still do comedy. I still kind of like bring comedy into all types of things. But over time, I started to notice that people like to minimize comedy and people like to make you the butt of every joke. I will tell you, there's so many times when people come up to me and be like, Hey Nikki, like do something funny. And I'm like, no, the fuck? Like I have so many other things I can talk about. Like let's talk about politics. Let's talk about something else. I mean, politics is the worst, but you know, let's talk about something to kind of like expand our minds or like, let me tell you about a podcast or some shit like that. So um, over time I didn't really like that because I was like, I'm not just the joke, you know? Um, and I started to notice with writing, I could be more informative, but also funny. I could be a conversational type of writer and kind of like get to the point of being like, you know, girl, get your shit together, but also make you laugh in the process. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also too like with writing that there's no timeline, even though that's like the writer's biggest, like, halt. Mm -hmm. But, um you know, there are deadlines with writing, but I don't physically have to be there. When I did stand up, I physically had to wait to be number 17 to do my three minute set in front of a crowd of like 10 people. Mm -hmm. So that took so much time away from me doing anything else that, um, that's why I liked writing. I can ride on the train. I can ride in a car. I can ride anywhere. So I like the flexibility of that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really great too, by the way, that you hate it because as a teacher, I hear so many of my kids like, moan and groan when they have to write. And I'm like, no, but if you can tap into the thing you want to write about, not this literary analysis, right? But the thing that excites you or just get your thoughts on paper, that's where a lot of the creative magic happens. Um, And so did you ever think, was it ever something where you were like, let me go write for a publication in New York, or were you more set on, let me open up my own thing and start, start my own thing so I have the freedom to do what I want?
1: Okay, so I wanted to say, too, that Girl Tell Me started from, like, my own personal blog. I just did a blog because I've been told so many times by people, like, oh, my gosh, you tell the funniest stories or whatever. So it turned into a blog where I was just, like, ranting and complaining about everything. And it was called Girl Tell Me About It. And then over time, I started to notice I was pitching publications. And I'm like, hey, you should, you know, feature me. And I'll work for free. Hello. You don't even have to charge me. And over time, I got so many sorry, not sorry emails of just like, no, that's not what we're looking for. That's not. And I'm like, if y'all would have told me what you were looking for, then I could have pitched you something like that. Mm -hmm. But because so many publications get so many pitches on a day, you know, the likeliness of you getting through is harder. So I started to see from my own personal, like, frustrations, I was like, this is, this sucks. Like, I'm just trying to build a portfolio. I'm trying to do some work for free. And you guys are not giving me the opportunity. So I was like, screw it, I'll just create my own. And then that's where Girl Tell Me came from.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is a common problem I heard a lot throughout. So I minored in journalism, so this was a big thing we heard a lot um, just from my fellow classmates of like, nobody will even give me the time. And if like, I've have, I've have had to write full articles to even, that That was my pitch, was a full article, edited, so many hours put into it for them to turn around and be like, mm-mm, no. Yeah, it would drive me crazy. Yeah I, was no. like, yeah, I could have done so many other things with this time. And then you have these drafts that just sit there. So I love the perspective of rather than hearing no all the time and having all of these beautifully written pieces just like sitting on your Google Drive, here's an actual way, here's this physical artifact that I have that showcases my writing. But you also do something really cool in that you now showcase other writers.
1: Yeah. I just, I figure like, you know, we all thrive when the tribe thrives, I guess. So over time I started to see that even through like my way of talking to people and getting people on board, more people were like, yo, I want to share my poetry. I want to talk about this. And I'm like, okay, bring it, whatever, whatever you got. I want to create those opportunities for people that I didn't have for myself. So that's where it kind of evolved to. And um, it's still evolving. I mean, we just recently started to add like author's faces because people were like, we want you to showcase, you know, our face and show. And I was like, cool. Gotcha. Got so, um, it's always evolving and, and it's, it's pretty dope.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty excited yeah. about it. Yeah. It should be, cause it's exciting. It's a big thing that you've been able to do and curate. And to me, it sounds like everything that wasn't available to you you were giving to somebody and you don't have those limitations that were placed on you. Um, whether that was from other editors or other companies, whatever it may be, where you're like, no, screw that. Here's how I'm going to do this. And here, here's how I'm going to help you do this.
1: Yeah. And then I I am also looking to expand it in different ways. I had a girl hit me up one time that told me she does social media and she wants to build her portfolio. And I'm like, send me stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. so I want to do it with editors and writers and creators and people to build a portfolio so that they can put on their resume and submit it and get the job that they want. Or shit. Hopefully they can work at Girl Tell me at a certain point.
0: So is that the, is that the goal then is to have people like, do you have people working for you currently? Is this a one woman show? What, what's the goal?
1: Girl, this is a one-woman show right now, and it is kicking my ass. But, um, you know, I want to bring on interns. I want to be able to pay people, but I'm also not going to waste people's time. And for me, if I had somebody that was an intern that I could pay a couple bucks an hour, I want you to be fulfilled because, shit, nothing is worse than, like, having an internship and being underutilized. Everybody hates it. So I'm like, I want to eventually expand to that, and I want to have – you know, different editors and writers, a part of the team. Um, But we're just still in the beginning stages, but it's, I'm learning as cliche as it sounds. I'm learning like what all they say on Shark Tank about like how many hours you got to put in and all this and that, because I'm always on my computer. I'm always working. I'm always sending emails, but I'm starting to see it have, um, a vibe like people are starting to flow with it and people really like it and they enjoy things and we just launched merch and like you know so it's it's taking time but it's getting there so I'm really excited about it.
0: I will say I've, I've learned that with the podcast too you know it launched in January of this year and then pivoted you know uh my co-host and I we ended up going our separate ways and so then in March it pivots again, right? And so it's like discovering what it takes to actually make something like this get off the ground and like you said how many hours it takes and continuing to have that drive of I don't know if you're getting compensated for it but with the podcast I'm not so it's remembering like what the core purpose is and how to keep doing it and I think that's the thing that puts people back is they're not getting paid or it's a lot of work for one person or they just don't know how to do it and so I I think that's where you see people succeed and then you see people totally retreat back
1: Yeah, I mean, girl, tell me right now the money that we're having coming in is from donations and from we just dropped like yesterday. But I want all that money to come in to um, pay my writers. Like, I want it to pay people. I want this, you know what I mean? I want this to be a full running machine. Yeah. So, um, I'm saving all the coins I have and we're just slowly gonna start paying people. We're dropping an e-zine, we're, it's funny I say we're as if I- I do the same thing. <laughs> so, we're dropping an e-zine called Small Talk. I'm gonna try to do it by, finish it by the end of this week, but it's just something else um, where this will be our first publication that we're paying our writers. So I'm super excited about it. Um, and I want it to be a monthly thing that we'll be able to pay the writers and so on and so forth. So yeah, no money's coming in right now, except for donations from people who like support my dream, which has been super dope. And then people who are also buying the merch.
0: Yeah. See, So I think this is incredibly important to talk about because you have two women who are in the online digital field or whatever, trying to make something happen. And so to hear from the perspective of the early start of we're not making money. If we are, it's going right back in. There's gotta be a passion and a purpose that continues to fuel you. So for you, what is that?
1: Honestly, I just, I, I'm not a very religious person. I feel like my purpose in like on this planet is to make people laugh and to inspire people. Yeah. And I feel like with what I'm doing in my platform, I'm doing both. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, just having that push to be able to just like create my own platform and have people tell me like you inspire me because of you I'm writing more. That shit is it's pretty dope. Mm -hmm. So that has been my driving force um to just like do it for people who you know, the relationships of the women that I've met so far and even the men who are just like, this is a great platform and I appreciate you for it. So I guess that right now is my driving force.
0: Yeah. I think it but definitely. I believe that too, when you're not money focused, that's where you see more of the success because you're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. Where yes, we all want to make a buck, but if that's your main goal, if that's your main priority, oh. you're going to sink.
1: I always have a saying though that, um i don't need all the money i just need enough yeah that's how i've always been even when i had a lot of money i was always saving it even when i transitioned to like you know living kind of paycheck to paycheck but having like a little bit for myself to save um as long as like the bills are paid mm-hmm. i'm okay i mean i'm not super you know i need my purpose to last and be stronger than just like my manicure like yeah. i I need I want to feel like I did something mm-hmm. with my purpose and my cause. And that's, yeah, that's basically the driving force. So when you aren't money hungry, that is like
0: it. I don't You're- know if you've heard this before, and I don't remember what the exact number was, but there was some study that when you make a certain amount, let's say it's 70, when you make 70,000, it's like nothing above that will fulfill you because at this number it was like everything is paid and i i need to make sure i'm like saying this correctly but basically of just the more doesn't necessarily mean you're happier mm-hmm. or the better
1: oh. oh yeah more money more proms. Yeah. Puff daddy and mace we get it you know yeah yeah um, true i definitely agree with that but i feel like even to um you know yeah if I could run girl, tell me and be able to inspire people. That's I'm, I'm set. I'm good.
0: You know? And that's it. And I, sometimes I think that's enough, right? Definitely enough.
1: I mean, I want to expand into like fin- finally finishing a book, mm-hmm. you know, and like going and doing my own things. Cause even too, um, that's also a big part of like girl tell me is, so I recently, I don't know if I told you, but I recently started contributing to Forbes which is like
0: super dope. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, whoop whoop, that's awesome.
1: Thank you, but I wanna show the people who follow Girl Tell Me like, I'm gonna try to give you, you know, I wanna kinda, and I've been doing a lot of IGTVs, but showing advice, showing like tricks of the trade, things that I've learned. And I also wanna show my progress to show people that like anything you want, as cliche as it sounds, is achievable. I never thought I'd be right for Forbes, but that's like my new gig. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, you know, once you kind of get that stigma out of your mind that, like, I always say it's funny how we put our dreams in the hands of the people that we find unattainable. Mm. It's the truth. We sit back and we're like, oh my gosh, I would love a job at Google. I will never get it though. And then you're like, but have you applied? Have you hit up a recruiter? Have you thought about it? But once you kind of get into that mind frame of like, anything I want, I can have, it's like addicting.
0: I heard Mindy Kaling. I think it was, I don't remember which magazine was interviewing her. Um, but she says, and it stuck, I've heard this probably a year ago and it stuck with me of, I changed my mindset from why me to why not me. Yeah. I saw that too. Oh my gosh. That has like, I have said that to so many people. I've said this on the podcast before. It's one of those things that I've also tried to transition in my mind of, you know, with the podcast why can't this be super successful? Why can't this be X, Y, Z? You know, just because I am a 23 year old in Charlotte, North Carolina, it doesn't mean shit, right? You can do whatever you want to do. And so I I completely agree with you of we idolize these people, but these people started at the bottom too. These people got their start too. It wasn't just, they woke up and Google was like, Hey, you come on over, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I
1: it's so crazy and I will tell you too like once I started manifesting and having that mindset of like why not me? The job interviews have been flowing. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you places I never thought like um Refinery 29, HBO, wow. CBS. Like I've never thought those things could happen for me because for so long I was like, "Nah, like mm-hmm. I got my own vibe, but that's not it." And now granted, you know, I'm not getting them yet, but they still, They're hit not me. you know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, it was like a shift in mindset. Like COVID happened and I was like, all right, that's it. Girl, tell me is going to be something. I'm going to go focus with it. I'm going to put my all into it. And then just, it was like the universe was like, okay, cool. Like other people are seeing what you're doing. You can see that you're manifesting. They see girl, tell me and they want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. Yeah. That's
0: where yeah. I'm at today. So I want to talk about this more of, you know, you kind of had this mindset shift and that's when a lot of the opportunities started to come. Walk us through that. And how did these opportunities, like, were you, were you searching for them? Did they come to you? Give us, give us the inside scoop into how you made this happen.
1: Okay. So I will tell you that I actually had So while I was in New York the whole time, for the most part, um, well, okay, I got a good job. And then I started to be like, okay, now let me focus a good serving job. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me focus on like really applying for better jobs. Right. And then I started to notice that A, I wasn't getting any. And I was just like, why am I not getting these jobs? And then B, I had a moment where I was like, do I even want these jobs? Like, why do I want this job? Because I don't want to sound negative, but I find like all jobs, no matter what it is, at a certain point, people are just kind of like, "Eh." Mm -hmm. you know, "Eh, it's a job. Um, So then I started to have kind of fear where I was like, I want these jobs so bad, but why do I want them? What about them do I want? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I happy because I'm just having a better stream of income or is it because I'm actually feeling fulfilled? Mm -hmm. So I really started to like, think about it, really started to like, take it in. And, um, I've always been pursuing different projects and different things. And luckily I've had a lot of friends who have been super successful with their own companies or like in their businesses and things like that. So COVID hit, my job was basically closed down because all of like servers or, you know, um, and then from there I was like, well, shit, what am I going to do? You know, and girl tell me I just started promoting it, but I wasn't taking advantage of the opportunities I had in front of me in regards to people. Um, so I started writing for a publication, which was free as well. And I met somebody, I met a girl who, Amanda, she runs her own cannabis line called Canna Style. Shout out Amanda. Um, and I called her and I was like, listen, you have 40,000 followers on, on uh, Canna Style. How did you get it? So I started to transition from just assuming that I wasn't good enough to like, just jumping out there and asking questions and taking advantage of the people that were around me. Mm -hmm. So I hit her up, she kind of gave me ideas of like ways to build my social strategy. And then I started to notice like, I was having a conversation about social strategy, like that shit is legit. And then over time I was like, you know, if I start to realize the severity of what I wanna do and I start pushing it and I'm serious about it, everybody around you has to take you seriously at some point. So I started to see that the conversation was changing and I was having different conversations with people that I look up to and people who I want to be. And they were like, yeah, this is what I did. And you know, like I started to make actual efforts towards doing those things. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, my mindset started changing. Now, granted, COVID did give me more opportunity to like sit down and do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I actively was like, what do you want? Yeah. Because I mean, I'm 31 years old. I don't have any children. I don't even know if I want them. I don't have a home. You know, realistically, if you look on the scale, some people would be like, okay, what the fuck are you doing with your life? (laughs) And I've always known that for me, career has always been like my number one thing. Mm -hmm. Like Yeah, a husband and kids and house and all that is cool. But there are certain personal goals that I want to hit within myself before I can think about anything else. So I spent the time in New York, but I started to like take my dreams or take what I wanted more seriously. And instead of saying like, okay, well, I'll just serve and then I'll do this. I'm like, nah, like I'm going to put myself in the right lines, talk to the right people and start making sacrifices to get exactly where I want to be. Mm -hmm. And then I've, I've started it and I've just slowly, just from being very consistent and having those right conversations, I'm starting to feel a level of confidence that's propelling me to be more, you know, aggressive with my moves Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just start the conversation more about like my business and what I want it to be and where I want to go.
0: Yeah. Have you found yourself more inclined? Like if people ask you what you do, are you more willing to, to talk about girl? Tell me, or was it something for a little bit where you were like, yeah, I started and then I do this thing on the side. Whereas now are you more like, I have this thing. Let me tell you about it.
1: Yeah. Um, it's definitely a transition. I mean, I think even now people, I mean, I'm starting to get more comfortable with like talking about the brand and promoting the brand. Mm -hmm. Um, But whenever people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a writer. Okay. They're like, oh, well, okay. So what, you know, and then I start talking more about it. But I did have that conversation with myself. I was like, you know, when I go in a room, I want people to ask me, like my friends and family, how is Girl Tell Me? Yeah. But people address you how you let them and people address you when they know the things that you're serious about. So for me, I'm talking more about Girl Tell Me. I'm getting more excited about it. I'm promoting content. I'm doing those things. Um, but as the infamous little Wayne would say, real, real G's move in silence like lasagna. So when I have a project or something that I'm focused on, I keep it to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, there are certain things that I like to just work on, let it happen. And then be like, boom, there you go. For instance, Forbes happened. And my friend was like, I knew you were going to come up with some shit. I knew you were (laughs) about to do something. And I'm like, cause we like to move quietly. We just like to move and do and. Because I'm tired of getting to the place where I'm like, oh, Girl Tell Me is going to be this. Like, now it's like, okay, this is what Girl Tell Me did, you know? So um, I'm getting more into the place of talking about Girl Tell Me in that way. But it's some time, you know? Like, even, I hate to say it, but imposter syndrome is no joke. Mm -hmm. And it's not really hitting me. Um. We'll hit, you know, I'm very celebratory, like we just hit 1600 followers and that's literally from me because every damn day I'm doing social media, I'm promoting it, I'm making, you know, doing all these types of things. But, um, you know, I just, I wanna be able to like savor it in, but it's just, I don't know how to yet. Where did you struggle with imposter syndrome? So I've always had a little bit of imposter syndrome, even with applying to like big jobs. But recently with the Forbes thing, oh, it was bad. Mm. I just sat there and I was like, nope, like, it's not because I'm a good writer. It's because I have a good editor and I'm not good enough and it's not going to work. And it just like, you know, I'm getting better about it, but it's that he's sitting right here and he's always trying to tell me like, girl, nope, this is not going to work. Yeah. I just noticed my biggest um, hurdle has been that. How do you get through it? I just keep on telling myself I'm that bitch. And you (laughs) know, you know what it is. I really do rely (laughs) a lot on the people that I've met on Instagram and my friends and my family, but it's crazy. I always say like good tribes only because I've built so far and it's going in the way that I want it to like girl. Tell me has like people who I talk to on a daily basis that I met through Instagram that are like, You help me with writing. And I'm like, you don't understand that you help me promote Girl, Tell Me. Like, you push me in that right direction. So, um, you know, the other day I was very vulnerable on Instagram. And I was like, listen, I'm having imposter syndrome. Can someone, like, help me with the shits? Mm -hmm. And it was just nothing but an outpouring of love of people being like, remember what this is. Remember your process. You worked hard. Blah, 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 blah. These people don't even know me. Yeah. do because I'm more open about my story and who I am.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really difficult thing to do, right? Because when we look at social media, a lot of the time we feel this need, or we see this influx of crap that is all sunshine and rainbows and perfect. And this is my life and this is how it's beautiful. And that's not reality. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't help me at all. If anything that tosses me into this deep hole of why am I not doing this? Why am I not better at this? Why am I, you know, it just, it's like a spiral. So I think the fact that you are so open and so vulnerable, and it's one thing that I also try to do with, you know, my tribe is just, this is what it is. This is who I am. I'm not always like the simple things of, I'm not always going to brush my hair before I log on and do in like, Oh yeah. story. You know, you're not always, you're very rarely going to see me dolled up and ready to go. And you know, you're, I, I think if anything, it's more important that people see you going through the real stuff because we are human and they are going through the real stuff. So it's just such a, I think it's just such a disadvantage when you just showcase the good, because let's be real, that good that you're putting out is probably not even legit.
1: No. And also, too, I think that, you know, when you guys, when people have a common ground, they're so much more open to be, you know, loyal to you. Mm-hmm. There's so much open to being like, I support you and I appreciate you and, you know, all that gushy shit, like for real though. So for me, that's also why... Um, with Girl Tell Me, the voices kind of changed. So it used to be just like for the promotion of writers, but it's also now through the inspiration of writing through cursing. Mm-hmm. Where
0: it's
1: you done, you should be writing. But if you don't want to write today, go take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a realistic expectation because I mean, hell, COVID by itself is so stressful. And it's like the world is on fire right now and like Beirut and just like What the fuck is going on, you know? know. It's a lot to take in and it's a lot to maintain and it's a lot to just like grasp.
0: In a nice uh, welcome back fashion, I have no idea what happened to the rest of the audio. Um, But what I will tell you is how much I needed to hear mine and Nikki's conversation tonight um, and how much I hope that it has helped you. There are so many things that she talks about that I resonated with then, and I still resonate with today. Um, So I hope there was some tangible takeaway that you were able to have. And even though she didn't have the opportunity to totally pimp herself out, um, everywhere that you can find her is going to be linked in the show notes. So guys, thank you so much for listening this Wednesday, um, and I hope to talk to you next Wednesday too. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye, guys.